The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send a messenger before your face who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Text for this morning, the gospel lesson from Mark chapter 1 that I've just read to you. So we stepped into Advent last week under the theme, A Season of Promise, and we witnessed Jesus' arrival in our lives as our King on a cross. And then today we hear John the Baptist crying, prepare the way for the Lord, make his path straight. So how exactly are we going to do that? How do you and I prepare the way for the Lord? Well, let's look at three things in our text today. First, we prepare when we remember exactly who Jesus is where he comes to meet us, and how then we must follow him. First, to prepare the way for Jesus, we have to remember who he is. It's going to come up on the screen. There it is. (laughs) This opening line in Mark's gospel is like a charge of dynamite that has been carefully placed to blow the hinges off of the prison doors that keep us locked up in the brokenness of this world. Each word explodes the lies that we so often live with every day. The word beginning It's the very first word of the whole Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so Mark declares that his account of Jesus' life, all 16 action-packed, fast-paced chapters, is the beginning. The beginning of the new creation, of the rescue and the redemption and the restoration of God's world. The word gospel was a military term for the announcement that was made by the messenger running back from the battlefield to shout the good news that that the battle had been won and that the victory was theirs. This is the victory proclamation of Jesus. And who is this Jesus? 
Well, he is the Christ, which may not seem like much to us because, frankly, we sort of use those terms as interchangeable, as if, as if Christ was simply another name for Jesus, but that's not so. Jesus was his name. Christ was his title. Christ means anointed king, the promised of God to rescue and to restore the whole creation. And this Jesus is none other than the Son of God. Not a Son of God in some generic sense, but the one and the only second person of the true triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit born into human flesh for us. It is important for us to remember that Mark's first readers were living in Rome, in the city of Rome. They were under persecution. They were under threat of death. And, and the Romans, well, the Romans had a pantheon of deities, gods who demanded their worship in exchange for blessings and for favors. But we live also in a time where there are so, so many things and people and ideas and movements that vie for lordship over our lives. Money, power, pleasure, look, these have been at the top of the list ever since Adam and Eve first turned away from God. It would be very good for us this morning to stop and ask ourselves who or what at this particular moment in time is ruling and reigning in your life these days. What is it that gets you up in the morning and out the door? Is it building that, that academic resume and the, and the social engagement necessary to get you into the school of your dreams? Is it finding that right man or that right woman with whom you can marry and, and live happily ever after? Is it your children? Is it your grandchildren? Look, whatever it might be, and the list is as unique as every person in this room, whatever you make, the king in your life will become a dictator. And it will demand more of you than it can ever possibly give. How do we prepare? How do we make the most of this season of promise? We begin by remembering who Jesus is. Jesus is the real and the only true king of the universe. Who sits at the right hand of God even now who brings the good news of victory over sin and over death and over the power of the devil and all of the evil that he spews into our world and into our lives. Remember who Jesus is and then learn where Jesus comes to meet us. Look, you can meet King Jesus in the wilderness. It's where John the baptizer is preaching in the wilderness. The people go out 
to be baptized in the wilderness. Immediately after this text, Jesus will go out into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. Did you know that the wilderness is a metaphor? It is a picture of what the world became in Genesis chapter 3 when the devil whispered that little lie, you will not surely die. No, no, you, you will become like God. And Eve replied, and Adam stood there next to her, nodding his head. And when they realized that that food was good to eat and they were, they were hungry and that apparently it would also make them wise, I mean, why? Why not? And they took it and they ate it. And God's perfect, beautiful creation became a wilderness. A place of death, a place of decay, a place that's now separated from God's real face-to-face presence. Now, you have to almost go to Israel or maybe somewhere else in the Middle East or, or at least to parts of the American Southwest to fully appreciate the image, the metaphor, the picture of the wilderness. Because we're not, we're not talking about forested wilderness of Oregon or Washington. We're talking about dry, arid, barren land that cannot sustain life, where there is little or no water, where you cannot grow things. It is virtually uninhabitable. The wilderness is one of the great themes of the Bible. It's where you go to meet God. Where did Moses meet God in the burning bush? In the wilderness. Where did Jacob wrestle with God face to face? It was was in the wilderness. Where did Israel meet God after their escape from slavery in Egypt in the wilderness of Sinai. And then for 40 years, being shaped and molded into the people of God, they wandered in the wilderness. You see, the wilderness is a place where you can't stay alive without the intervention of God. All the water dries up, so you have to have the water of God out of the rock. All of the bread goes moldy except the manna of God. Out in the wilderness, Israel learned what we all have to learn. And that is, God is not sort of some sort of add-on to your life. He's not a vitamin supplement. Look, apart from the saving intervention of God You and I have no hope. Ultimately, all the wells run dry except the water from God, and all the bread goes moldy except the manna from God. Where will you meet King Jesus? Only in the wilderness moments of your life. Those moments when you realize that You may believe in God, 
You may believe in Christianity. You may, in fact, be very religious and trying very hard to be good. But the real hope of your life is your work, your family, your stuff. That's the real bread that keeps you going, that gets you out of bed in the morning. The real water that you guzzle to try and quench your thirst for life. If we're going to be prepared for Jesus, we have to remember who he is, king of the universe, and we have to meet him in the wilderness of surrendering daily to his sovereign rule and his reign in our lives. And then learn how to follow him to the cross. Now, you can wait, I suppose, until you have a crisis, until something forces you to turn to God. I think a lot of us are truly that stubborn. But I don't know why you would want to when you can go out into the wilderness in this worship service, listen to John the Baptist, you can repent, you can be baptized. Look, I've been trying to teach you this for years. That you can have a wilderness moment every single morning when you make, wake up. Make the sign of the Holy Cross and say in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And remember your baptism where you were united with Jesus in his death on the cross and in his resurrection to live that day under his rule, under his reign. Here's what it means to finally find and meet the king. It's not just deciding that you need to go to church more regularly or, or read your Bible more religiously or, or strive harder to be a nicer person. But it is uh, that daily realization, I'm going to die without God. It's not my career. It's not my family. It's not my looks. It's not my friends, it's not my achievements, it's not my money. It's none of these things. It's not a great husband, it's not a great wife, it's not great kids. None of these things are ever, ever, ever going to satisfy the deepest longings of my heart. How do we prepare? Remember who Jesus is, the Christ, the King, the beginning of the new creation, breaking into your life with the good news of victory over sin, over death, over the devil, and all the evil that he spews into your life and into our world. Meet him in the wilderness by realizing that you're toast without God. That nothing you have, nothing you can get, nothing you can ever accomplish will give you the life that you are longing for. Look, John quotes the prophet Isaiah and he dresses like the prophet Elijah. And he preaches a message of baptism and repentance. 
In the Old Testament, and right up to the time of John the Baptist, there were multiple rituals of washing that symbolized the people's need to be cleansed of sin. It was a way of, of saying, I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what I've done, by what I have left undone. It was in order to enter the temple to worship. You had to prepare. But get this. All of those Old Testament washings were self-administered. You did them to prepare yourself. For the first time in history, John the Baptist says, no more. I have to baptize you, all of you, everybody. It doesn't matter what your background is, how good or how bad you think you are. To meet Jesus, to be prepared, you have to let me baptize you. And later, later Jesus will baptize you with more than water. Jesus will pour out his Holy Spirit on you. But the point is that you cannot do it. You cannot save yourself. Prepare the way for the king, for the Lord. Make his paths straight. The word for way is the same word that gets translated as road or highway. And the ancient people, the crowds who are coming out from Jerusalem and all Judea to hear John preach, knew what he was talking about. It was road construction. Like trying to drive through Oviedo these days. (laughs) Only on steroids. Because when a king was coming in that day, thousands of slaves would have to go out to fill in the low places and to level off the high spots. You see, the coming of the king in that day meant slavery. It meant oppression. But here's the secret. Here's the key to following Jesus. Mark deliberately uses the word way, and then in the rest of his book, in the rest of his account of the life of Jesus, whenever the word road or the way of Jesus is brought up, it means Jesus' road to the cross. This king is coming, not to oppress, but to set us free. This king will offer his life on the cross in order to open the way for us to enter back into the real presence of God. Repentance, I've told you so many times, is of course being sad and being sorry for what you have done or you have failed to do. But it is so, so, so much more than that. Repentance begins when you see Jesus dying for you and you turn around and you discover not some angry, vengeful God waiting to punish you, but a loving and merciful and gracious Heavenly Father who's willing to give up His only Son to die in your place, longing to sweep you up in His arms 
and to restore you to the fullness of your, hum- of your humanity. Jesus Christ, the King, went into the ultimate wilderness. He was cut off from his Father in heaven. He was cut off from God. So that you and you and I meet him in our wilderness of, of surrender, we find that God is delighted to see us, that, that God has been longing to welcome us home. When by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit being poured out on you again today, in this time of worship, through the meal that we will celebrate momentarily, every morning when you remember your baptism, you meet Jesus in the wilderness and you surrender to him and he makes your path straight. He fills in the potholes and the craters that you have created in your life by your sin. He levels off your pride and your attitude of self-sufficiency. Following Jesus begins this lifelong process of transforming you into a humble and yet incredibly bold person. Humble because you have been in the wilderness of the surrendering to this king. And yet bold because you have seen this king dying for you on the cross. If you're too timid, he will give you courage. If you're too arrogant, he will soften your heart. Follow Jesus and he will make you more and more like himself. More and more human. Intensely gentle, intensely humble, intensely loving. This is the season of Advent and it is a season of promise. Are you prepared? Remember who Jesus is. Beautiful Savior. King of creation. Son of God and Son of Man. Learn where he promises to meet you in the wilderness of surrender. And then follow him to the cross. Because it leads to the resurrection and to the life everlasting. Amen. Now the peace that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in this true faith, the life everlasting. Amen. Let's uh, stand so we can really concentrate on the weekly awakening question, which is, how are you going to prepare this week for Jesus' arrival? I I have an idea. Go back and listen to this sermon again. (laughs) How are you going to prepare this week for Jesus' arrival in your life?